Your daily deep dive into everything Utah Jazz. It's time! All season long and even in the offseason, it's Jazz Daily with JJ and Alex on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Oh, thank heavens, the All Star Weekend is firmly in the rear view. We are 48 hours away from a real jazz basketball game again. That's right. I want to see what goes on after Keontae George may have figured some stuff out. On last Thursday night's game before the All Star break against the Warriors, they fell, of course, to the to the uh, to the Warriors. But man, JJ, it was a freaking game, man! And they actually came back in that fourth quarter, and it was awesome. Tim Lacombe was right there uh, in the studio for pre half and post game. I got to do it that night with him. That was fun in itself, just to be able to learn at the feet of uh, old Tim Lacombe. Coach, what's going on? Thanks for being on the program. I think you just said learn at the old feet of one <laughs> Tim Lacombe. The old feet. Better, I thought it was weird. Yeah, were, I, I thought I, it was weird. Yeah, you're barefoot in the studio. Old but that's feet better than smelly feet. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, no, great to talk to you guys. It's been a nice little break for everybody involved, and uh, still got a couple days yet. Um, but yeah, I think that game prior to the break was really kind of. A godsend, I think, uh, you know, Keontae, things just came together for him. He's a much better shooter than he shot the ball this year, and you can say that about most rookies. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what we saw was something that can happen. And, uh, you know, you guys have played a couple things on sound that the move to this is to play the younger guys, analyze what the Jazz have, but by no means are they going to roll over. And I thought their fight the other night was really great to see. Yeah, Will Hardy's that guy, too, who will not allow a team to get into a space where they're like, well, we're just fighting through this season and uh, ownership wants to get a great, uh, you know, uh, you know, first-round pick. It's like that's that's not the way he rolls. So what would you anticipate? What, if you have a singular game like that with, with your rookie, with Keontae, is there really something in one game that you can go, dude, I'm this light is starting to switch or switch for you in that game where you start to figure some stuff out about yourself? Yeah, I really, I just believe that it's it's time out on the floor. I mean, there's no substitute for those reps. And, um, you know, to play a really quality team that was, was a little warped. You know, they were a little frustrated about the night before, meaning the Warriors, um, the way they lost that game. They came, played every one of their dudes, um, and the Jazz were right there, you know. And so I really liked the resolve, the fight. There's going to be rough nights. Um, but I promise you this team will fight. And the one thing for sure is I've not seen any iteration of the Jazz since Will Hardy took the team um, that has led me to believe that he can't make the best situation out of the group of guys he has because I think that's what he's done. Before we move forward with the Jazz after the All-Star break, we have to talk about the All-Star weekend. Maybe Do we don't. Have to? Maybe we don't. But <laughs> let's let's let's. I, I I'm dying to get your take because I know you probably loved it as much as we do, which is not at all. 
if we all agree the All-Star weekend and the All-Star game specifically are broken, how do we fix it? You know, I don't know. I think uh, the game's changed so much. I mean, at one point it was just an honor and uh, to go play, and you wanted to play well because you had a reputation. Um, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars have changed that. Um, and obviously you don't want to have a situation where somebody goes out there in the middle of a stretch run and, as you guys said, have a devastating injury. So I'm not quite sure. Um you know, I thought about was maybe splitting guys up into teams of three-on-three. Three-on-three basketball is so fun. Um, and you really, you know, can't – you don't got to run up and down the floor. You just play on one side. But um, I, I've, I've maybe thought about something like that, maybe put a couple of different things together, but a three-on-three being part of it. I did not watch the dunk contest. I didn't see one dunk. I did not – I watched Lowry shoot because I wanted to see that, and I thought he did great. Um, outside of that, I, I watched zero zip nada of the all-star weekend. Wow. So who's your no MVP then? What's that? I was, I was saying, well, so who was your MVP of the all-star weekend? No. Uh, well, you didn't watch dream on greens analysis on Sunday. <laughs> well, a- I mean, I've seen the clips, right. And, uh, and that I got a little irritated because again, you're going to have a league, um, from time to time, sorry, Draymond, you have to have it in a small market, uh, you know, smaller market. And, the, you know, I loved Coach, uh, Adam Silver's comment at the end. I had to have been in response because he made a, a comment about Indiana's owner owning the team for 41 years. And we know, I mean, what you have to do to try to make something viable in a small market. And I think they've done a hell of a job. So it's just, to me, it just shows the lack of understanding of the moment. You know, people want to talk about Charles Barkley, but I'll tell you one thing, Charles is really smart, um, and he picks and chooses his battles. I mean, Draymond just wants to fight the whole club. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, a guy who, I mean, the, the guy went to school in East Lansing, right? I mean, it's like. I've been there. Not great. Well, no, not just that. Like, you don't, you got to understand, like, come on, small markets are, are, are a little bit of where you know, everybody else is from, you know, not everybody's going to play in San Francisco. Not everybody's going to be able to play in LA or New York. Like, obviously it's uh it, it is a tone deaf situation, but uh, you know, that's kind of uh, Draymond. So there you go. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the next part of this uh, season here. What are the goals that Will Hardy has for his guys? We already know he's going to want them to play hard and to kind of give up or, or, or not not give up to kind of give it up for one another every night. Got to sacrifice on the floor. Obviously, the passion is a big thing for him, and he's going to ask guys to work freaking hard. That's his that's his signature. So, what is the successful next twenty six games or whatever it ends up being? What's the next version of of success for this Jazz lineup? Well, I think number one is to continue to evaluate guys that are on the roster and under contract. Um, huge part of that is playing your young guys. And we've seen now Keontae have a really big night. I promise you we'll see Taylor really grow in the next 20-plus games. Um, and, and there was a stretch in that Warriors game that I thought he came in and really looked good, looked comfortable. Um, but, again, minutes are going to be a little up and down, and I think we just have to to know that this is part of, of you know, the, the ongoing process. But So I'd say play your young guys. Um, I, I believe, like what Will said, I think the expectations will be to play hard every night. Um, this staff is tremendous, watching them from a distance. 
the way that they put their guys in a position nightly to be in the game. And then it's really up to the guys. Um, you know, turnovers have been an issue. So can they can they do a better job of decision making and and, tur- and get the turnovers down? Um, again, they are. What are they out of the uh, playing game right now? They're out two and a half games out. Um, so I, I think the the mindset is do your best. Um, know that some nights it's going to be stacked against you, uh, but with a young group, this is a really good opportunity to get some not just reps that don't mean anything, but reps that are, you know, in the middle of trying to take the next step as organ- as an organization. The Jazz are in a weird spot for the rest of this season, being that they're probably not good enough to get the play in, and they want to, but it's beneficial for the franchise long term to keep this pick and its top 10 protected. You don't want to finish 11th worst in the NBA. So they're in this weird spot. How do they handle that, Tim? And how hard is that for Will Hardy to deal with? I have no idea how they handle it. I, you know, I was a, I was a marginal college assistant with no salary cap and <laughs> no implications Just, like that. It's so complicated. No, it really is. Uh, so I, I would just say that a lot of bright minds are around it. Um, and I think one of the great things about the, NBA right now is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of really smart dudes and analytics. And, um, and so I, I think what the jazz do is they proceed, uh, with caution. I think they proceed with really good intentions and just kind of see where it goes. But in terms of like figuring out how to put it exactly, I mean, my focus has always been just on the development and uh, preparation of a team during, you know, off season and season. Tim Lacombe, the coach. You can also you can always hear him pre half and post games right here on the Jazz Radio Network, uh, and during all of course those uh, those breakdowns with he and Jake Scott. Phenomenal job you guys do. Um, as you look at it now, and you see, you know, if you were to get into that locker room and ask your guys to do something, what would it be? I, I keep I keep wondering of, of who the the leader is in this in this locker room. We saw a little bit of you know Colin Sexton, you know trying to uh to buoy up uh, john collins after that uh, fireball pass that he had into the stands and but i just don't know who the leader is in this locker room i know we've wondered all season long and so i know they want keontae george to be more of a leader so how do you try to do that with somebody who might not necessarily have those as a as a uh you know an actual personality trait how do you work that into somebody um, you know, I actually think Keontae does. Uh, I just think he's been really, uh, he's been really, uh, I guess, aware of protocol. You know, the NBA is an interesting place, and uh, you know, I think there's a something to be said for the guys that came before. I, I loved hearing him talk about, you know, when he came in to start the first go round, what he felt like was the team really needed the ball to move, and. You know, he said several times that one of the biggest things he does is he comes across half court is locates where Lowry is, and he understands that it's a real weapon if you put the ball in his hands or you get teams concerned about him. So I like the way he thinks the game, and he's become more comfortable talking uh, with with everybody, with veterans. And uh, and so I think, again, over the next 20-plus games, there's more of that that develops. But I'd like to see the continued support of, of the of the veterans. Um, they've all been through processes similar to this. Uh, and I think really, as Will says, if they can just scrap together 
They can work hard if if wearing the Utah Jazz jersey means something to you every night. You know, then I think this team can really figure out how to take the next step and what the next step is. Uh, but these games, these games toward this end, end of this year, not just in a win and loss perspective, there's way more, um, you know, that, that's kind of banking on these 20 plus games. I keep saying 20 plus because it feels so good. You know, that I do 82 <laughs> of them. It's like, ah, oh, man, yeah. we flipped the script. We always talk about 2020. 20. Yeah. We're down in the, almost to the last quarter of the season. So it's, it's going quick. I also have college basketball in my mind, so I got to pick your brain yeah. there. March Madness yeah. fast approaching. Uh, we've been blessed this year. The college basketball in the state is outstanding, uh, as good as it's been in a while. And you look, Utah State and BYU are probably at this point locks for the NCAA tournament. Utah's on the bubble. Hey, Weber State with Dylan Jones, the best player in the state, can make a run up in Boise and, and get in. Of all these teams, who has the best chance to – win a tournament game or go on the deepest run of the four? Man, it's so interesting. You know, all those years and <clears throat> uh, playing in the tournament, it really is, it's oversaid, but it's true that matchups are everything in that yeah. tournament. Um, and you can, you can have a great season and go in there, you know, with a three or a four and play some whippersnapper team that just maybe presses or does things that, that you're not great with and it become a nightmare. So it's hard for me to say, but what I will say is I think all the schools, I, I agree with you guys premise that Weber state's going to win the big sky tournament this year. I just, I did, there's something in the air, right? Yeah. Um, I love Eric Duff, that staff. I mean, we'll find a, a better group of dudes and they just battle year in and year out um, knowing that their chance really resides no matter what happens all year your chance resides during that week. What I think they've done this year up there is I think they've taken the wins and the losses. And I think what they've focused on is getting better as a team. Uh, I think they've fixed some things. They went in Eastern Washington. I watched that game and they just, they played with so much emotion, so much confidence. And Dylan Jones is a game changer. Um, So excited about Weber. And I think they're going to get there. Utah state has a huge one tonight. And I got to go up and do the Boise game with Scotty on the radio Seriously, one of my cooler moments. Um, actually, every time I've gone in there, you know, I have not felt right because <laughs> the whole place is against you. Uh, it was so fun to be up there for Stu Morrill's deal. It was so much fun to see the old players roll through. Um, and then it was amazing to see that place rocking. Uh, I can only imagine what it's going to be tonight. If I had a helicopter, I'd probably go to Logan. But I'm so tired of driving, I'm going to watch it here. Um, <laughs> I, I think the Aggies win tonight, uh, but they've got to have a huge performance from somebody outside of Gray Osibor. Um, you know, Mason Falslev was out of his mind against Boise. They play with a totally different level of confidence at home. Uh, so I think it's going to be awesome, but I think they win that one tonight. And I think they get in. I think, I just think that they're sound, you know, same with BYU. Um, I think BYU has been one of the stories you know, certainly nationally. I heard some guys talking the other night, but I, I cannot say enough about what what kind of job Mark's done there uh, this year. Every single person I knew wrote those guys off. Yep. And and all they did was show up and work, and they built it on being unselfish. They play really intelligent basketball. Um, they they've twisted the narrative a little bit. So 
in the WCC, you know, BYU was just like everybody else. We all ran similar stuff. Um, you know, we all had a certain level of athleticism, but it was way more skill-oriented. The Mountain West Conference, however, we were different. We were vastly different. Air Force ran Princeton, and we ran up and down and shot a lot of threes, and everybody else tried to play kind of ISO Powerball. Um, so BYU is back in that position where they have – a major advantage just in scheme, uh, but but it ha- it didn't just happen. Like they changed some things around this year offensively. Their offense is far better. Uh, but what I hang my hat on those dudes is the way they battle physically and guard and rebound. Um, so I, I think I think BYU, Utah State, Weber State are in for sure. Utah helped themselves a ton the other night, and they have so much length that in a tournament setting they can be a nightmare. So um, my fingers are crossed because I love those guys so much up there. Um, but you guys are dead dead right. This has been – it's been an awesome year for college basketball. It's been one, one we've needed, I think. Yeah, agree 100% on that. Tim Lacombe, the coach, he's going to have uh, the pre-half and post call, of course, on Thursday. But before then, we don't want you to think about any basketball that you don't just have to watch on TV and just enjoy, okay? So just you don't have to break yeah. anything down. Just watch t- watch some uh, games on the old tube, and uh, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm sorting baseball cards. Hey, you know what? Oh, that sounds like fun. Our job's pretty fun, but I'd switch places with you right now. That's cool. I, well, I just finished, you know, my, when my work day ended, and – I've got all these cards to input. Uh, but just cool. I just bought a Jackie Robinson 55. Oh, my goodness. You, wow. So, What's your best yeah. card? Well, I actually drew – so I, I have all sorts of cards, but I drew a a rookie Wimbayama this year out of a box. Wow. The box, box cost me twenty four ninety nine, and it was a – not just any – it wasn't just a base. It was like a number to 25. Nice. Um so it's a good card. Let's just put it that way. It could become a, like, it could become one of my best friends. Don't right? even breathe on it. Yeah. <laughs> that no, needs no, to be in some kind of get glass enclosed structure you keep it in. Absolutely. Because that's amazing. Yeah. What and I- then I just bought a, I just bought kind of a side card for Mantle. So oh, I'm just nice. putting a little fun deal together. You guys have to come check it out. All All right. Right. That's awesome. Got to do it. All right. Timmy, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again. Appreciate you guys. See there you. you go. Thanks, Tim. Tim Lacombe. He was telling me about his baseball cards the other night. Oh, man. That's, that got me going. So my kids have the app. It's ruined their lives because they have the one you scan the card, and it's like, Dad, this one's worth $48. I have $48 in my pocket right now. I'm like, no, you do not. <laughs> like that is, uh, They will they will find garbage. all sorts of cards, and they, they're like, oh, this one sells for up to $68. I'm like, not yours. You had it under your bed and you sat on it. Your card is only worth as much as someone's willing to pay for it. Of and course. if you bought if your cards were manufactured in the early nineties, they're worthless. Trust me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Terribly overproduced. You can still buy NBA Hoops cards brand new. Oh, for sure. That's how many they produced boxes in nineteen ninety one. Boxes, yeah. So stay right here, ninety seven five the KSL Sports Zone.